I think if there's one word that I would use to describe how most of us are feeling today, it will be the word disappointed, right? Because, I mean, after all, we were looking forward to this day for weeks when we could finally gather back together to see each other face to face, to celebrate, to worship together. And now here we are, another Sunday. You're sitting at home listening to me and watching a screen. And I'm here in an empty worship center talking to a camera lens. That's not what we had hoped for. It's not what we had expected. And according to the Google, that's exactly what disappointment is. You know, I looked it up this week on the Google and it describes or defines disappointment as a sadness or displeasure one feels when their hopes or expectations are unfulfilled. In other words, when, when things don't go the way we wanted them to. And that's exactly what today is like for us. But it's not just in this. We, we all have disappointments in life whether it's disappointment with our circumstances or disappointment with the people in our lives, they are a daily part of our reality. I also know that for some of us this morning, the disappointments that we're dealing with are, are way bigger than just a delay in being able to gather together for worship. Some of you are, are dealing with deep disappointment in your life. Maybe in your career, because you thought by this point you'd, you'd be somewhere different or doing something different. Or maybe you're dealing with disappointment in your marriage or disappointment with the fact that you're not married by now. Maybe some of you are, are dealing with the heartbreaking disappointment of the loss of a job or the loss of a child or the loss of a spouse way too soon and all your hopes, all your expectations, all your dreams for that are now shattered. And so the question is, what do you do with your disappointments? How do you deal with the disappointments that are an inevitable part of life? Well, I believe that part of the answer is that the best way to deal with disappointments is to see them in the light of God's promises. To view our disappointments through the lens of God's never disappointing promises. And so today, as we are continuing in this anchor series, I want us to spend a few moments looking at three promises of God that I believe bring peace to our disappointments. The first promise God makes us is that His plan is bigger and better than my expectations, right? God's plan is bigger and better than my expectations. See, if disappointment is the result of unmet expectations, to deal with that, the best thing to do is not to lower your expectations so that you're not disappointed. It's to change what you're building your expectations on. Because if you base your expectations on you or, or what other people can do for you, you're going to eventually be disappointed. But if we build our expectation on God's plan, 
God's purposes for our life. We may have disappointment, but your life will not be a disappointment. Listen to God's promise. It's familiar to a lot of you. Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, for I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster. Plans to give you a future and a hope. See, most of us, we read that verse and we immediately focus on the middle part of it. We immediately go to this, you know, God's plan is good and nothing's going to go wrong and God wants me to be healthy and wealthy and all this good stuff is going to happen to me. But the heart of this promise is not found in the middle part. It's found in the beginning and the end. See, this is a twofold promise from God. And the, the first part of it is in that very first line. It says, God says, I know the plans I have for you. That's the promise that God has a plan. You are created on purpose for a purpose. And that purpose is bigger than you. It's bigger than even your expectations. It's bigger than what you thought your life would be all about. That's a promise that God has a plan for you, whoever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done or not done. You've not thwarted that plan. You've not permanently damaged it. You're not having to settle for a second rate plan of God. God knows and has a plan for your life. That's a great promise. And then the second part of it is that God's plan for you, it's focused on the future. It's not focused on the past. It's not even just focused on the here and now. God's promise is about what is to come, what's next, whether it's a week from now or a month from now or a year from now or not until you get to heaven. God's promise is about a hope to come. So whatever you're going through, you can know this. God is working for you and he's working out a good plan because he is a good good father. It's hard to see in the moment. It's really hard to see in the midst of disappointments. That's why the apostle Paul tells us that we have to look at our life right now as if through a, a dim or cloudy glass. We have to look at our life now and we only see it through a dim and distorted glass. It doesn't make sense to us now, but God's promise is that it makes sense to him because he is working out his plan in our lives. I think as disappointed as all of us are, that after having waited 17 weeks, we're going to have to wait some period of weeks longer, and, and that's hard, and I'm not minimizing that. But do you know what God has been doing in these last four months? He's been working out his plan. He's been doing things that we could never ask or even imagine, right? Did you know that in just the last two weeks, we've had over a dozen new people connect with our church through online worship? People from all over, people who have never been physically to a campus of Cedar Creek Church somehow, God has worked it out. They have connected and they have reached out and said, we want to be a part. We want to get connected. We want to know more about Jesus and about what your church is all about. We've even had one lady who lives in rural South Georgia 
who she doesn't know how our uh, service ended up in her feed, but it was there. She watched it. She felt God speaking to her. She reached out to us, and now she is literally inviting friends in her community, people who don't know Jesus, to join her in watching online. See, God has a good plan. And even when life doesn't meet our expectations, God is working out that plan. I don't know what disappointments you're wrestling with today. I'm sure they're probably a lot bigger than not being able to gather right now for worship. But whatever you're disappointed in, what I want you to know is that if you can anchor your expectations to God's plan for your life, those disappointments, they won't go away, but they'll be a little less draining. And you know, that really leads to the second promise that God gives us to deal with the disappointments in our life. God has also promised strength in our waiting, that he will give us strength in the waiting. And that's great news because so much of our disappointment in life is the result of delays. We, we don't get what we think we need when we think we need it, you know, and someone once said that unanswered prayers are, are not necessarily a no, they may just be a, a not yet. We have to wait on God's timing, and that's true. But how does that help you when the bill is way past due and there's no money in the bank? How does that help you when you've always wanted a child and you spent thousands of dollars and gone to countless doctors and now you're in your 40s. How does that help you when there's no job and no prospect inside and the emergency fund is completely gone? How do you deal with that disappointment? This past weekend, Terry and I got to spend some time with uh, some friends that we've known since college. And he is a top-notch engineer and Ten years ago, he got his ultimate dream job in Charlotte, being the engineering director of a wind tunnel test facility that is used by NASCAR, right? Can you imagine that, getting to hang out and do work on uh, race cars? I mean, it's a dream job for an engineer. It's like working at Disney World. And for 10 years, things were going great. And then all of a sudden, almost out of the blue, there was some restructuring and he lost his job at 58 years old. And he spent weeks and months sending out resumes, making calls, trying to network and nothing but silence, just crickets. Now, fortunately, after nine months, he was able to find another engineering job with a paper company, not with NASCAR. And it's probably not his dream job, but it's, it's a good enough job. They're doing okay right now. But at the same time we were visiting with this couple, Terry got a text from a, a childhood friend of hers whose husband was the vice chancellor of a Christian college. And uh, out of the blue, a new president came in and reorganized and he was without a job. And you would think he's got a PhD, great experience. He's good at what he does. Something's gonna come up. And they've been waiting and they're still waiting. It's been 13 months and there is no prospect in sight. And the text that she sent Terry was heartbreaking. It simply said, how do you wait on God 
when God is completely silent for so long? How do you answer that question? Where's God in that? Where is God if he never is able to get a job? What if this couple has to limp through their golden years just barely surviving? Where's God in all of that? Well, God is right there. God may not answer in the way and the time that we think that he should or we want him to, but God is there. See, the question is not really how long do I have to wait? The question is, do I recognize who I'm waiting on? Or maybe more importantly, who am I waiting in? See, here's the promise. It's from Isaiah chapter 40. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall eventually get everything they think they need. Now, I read that wrong, didn't I? It says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. See, God's promise is not if we wait long enough and if we're patient enough, we'll eventually get what we want. God's promise is that he will give us strength no matter how long we wait. God is with us. He's giving us strength even if we never get an answer. That word wait in most of the modern English translations is translated to trust or hope in, because that's literally what it means, that those who trust in the Lord, who hope in the Lord, not his answer, not his solution, but just in him, they will have the strength to keep moving, to keep soaring in spite of the unanswered prayers. See, if you're a Christ follower, God's promise is that he will never put more on you than he has already put in you so that you can not just survive the waiting, but that you can even thrive in the waiting. If you're not a Christ follower, it's a very different promise. God's promise is that life will always be more than you can handle on your own. Life will always get bigger than you. Why? Because God's punishing you. He's mad at you because you're not doing the right things in the right way. No, it's because he loves you. And he knows what you need more than anything else. It's not the answer to your prayers. Not all the things you think you need. What you need is him. A relationship with him. So let me ask you this question. That unanswered prayer, that thing you've been waiting and waiting for, are you trusting in God's answer? Are you trusting in him? Because there's a big difference. You know, in your life right now, you may be waiting on an answered prayer. You may be waiting on a spouse to change. You may be waiting on a prodigal to finally come home, but with God, you're not just waiting on him, you're waiting with him. And that's the third promise that God gives us to help us deal with our disappointments, and that is God is with me, and that's enough. You know, I think sometimes as 
Christians, we, we sort of take that truth that God is with us, that he never leaves us or forsakes us. We, we know that, but typically I think we just brush over it. We don't really think about the depth of what that means. That God, the God of the universe is with us. And if he never answers in the way we want, you know what? His presence is always enough. See, I think we need to understand that dealing with disappointment is, is not about just grin and bear it. You know, buckle up, buttercup, stop your whining and complaining. Be grateful for what you have. It's really about being willing to be honest with yourself and honest with God about the pain, about the loss, about your deep disappointments. Because I believe the more you recognize how deep that pain is, the more you can recognize how important God's promise of presence with you means. You know, in the 22 months since the death of my oldest son, I have seen God faithfully fulfill many of his promises. He has given me a strength that I didn't have in and of myself to, to keep going. And I have seen almost on a weekly basis, God being able to bring good out of a situation that had nothing good in it. And I'm grateful for those promises, but of all of God's promises, the one that has been most helpful to me is just simply his presence with me. Because you see, in the, in the middle of the night, when sleep won't come, or if I'm driving down the road and a wave of grief just hits me because of a song on the radio, in those moments, I'm thankful for the strength I'm grateful for God bringing good out of a bad situation, but I am desperate for his presence with me. And that's his promise. It's found in Psalm 34. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. See, that, that rescue is so much bigger than just answered prayers. It's so much bigger than just giving you that job or that spouse or that health that you've been praying for. It's his presence with you. That is the rescue. That's why Jesus came to earth. The greatest rescue mission ever was not just to die on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Yes, that's why he came. But he also came so that we would know, I mean, really know that God is with us. That we would never have to be completely alone. That we would never again have to be separated from our creator who loves us. See, in Christ, in our relationship with Christ, we never have to be separated from God ever again. That's why Jesus renewed that promise with his disciples just before he left them physically to return to heaven. He said, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Jesus said, I am with you in those dark days of doubt and disappointment. I'm with you in those long nights of pain when it just feels like you can't take your next breath. He is with you and it is more than enough. Listen, whatever you're 
disappointment you're dealing with today, I believe that as you hear God's promise to you, and more importantly, as you begin to anchor your life, your hope to those promises, you can experience a joy, a deep sense of confidence in who your God is and how much he loves you. And I believe in doing that, you'll begin to understand this great promise of God from Psalm 30. Weeping endures for the night. You have wept in the night. You have wept in the days that have passed. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Joy comes in the morning. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for your undeserved presence with us. Oh, I thank you that as dark as the nights can be, as painful as the disappointments can be, that you are with us and that you have a plan that's bigger than anything we could hope for and imagine. And that we can always trust that you are working for our good and your glory. Oh God, I pray that you would help us to anchor to those promises in the midst of all the uncertainty, in the midst of all the anxiety, all of the pain, all of the disappointments that are a part of our lives, that in that we find you and you are more than enough. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.